Episode 15 of the Dogs of War podcast is brought to you by Zabo Apparel Company. They're Cleveland-based, veteran-owned. Look, are you freezing your limbs off right now like I am? Go to Zabo, pick up a nice, new, cozy, warm Cleveland Browns hoodie. They're the best. That's S-Z-A-B-O apparel.com. Big episode today. We're going to recap the Buffalo game. Happy Victory Monday to you all, even though it's Wednesday right now. We bring on our friend Dave from SteelersDepot.com and at SteelersDepot on Twitter. Probably the biggest Steelers blog on the net. This guy knows more about the Steelers than anyone I've ever talked to in my life. Going to give us a breakdown of their year and what to expect this Thursday night. Let's jump right into it. Here we go. 18 seconds left. He's got the snap. Back to pass. Up in the pocket. Shooting it long and deep. And it's picked up. They got it. Terrence Mitchell's got it. And it's all over here now. They can't take it away anymore. 11 seconds left to go. Mitchell takes the football. He's going to run it down to the best fans. The most patient fans in the league. Right to the dog pound. Up and in he goes. Oh, yes. Oh. Where's that brewski? We are back. Cheers. We are back. Senor. Clink. Cheers. Mm. Victory Monday. Not great legs, but it'll do for right now. Coors Light. Oh, no free advertising. Which, by the way, Great Legs Christmas Ale is back and flowing at bars now. And that made this Browns game that much wilder yesterday. Uh, What a game it was. We are back in power. Hope is restored. For now, welcome to episode 15. Shawshank Baker, no, Baker Shake Redemption. Baker Shake Redemption. Episode 15, Dogs War Podcast. This is Kevin. And Raleigh. Victory Monday. Sweet, it's been a long sweet victory time. Monday. It's been a long time. Oh, buddy. Thank God. I did not have the mental capacity, not that I do anyway or ever would, to go through another loss. Yeah, yeah it, straight. We needed a break. Sadly, our victory Monday, our victory week, has a small guaranteed shelf life. And it's like 72 hours till we play the Steelers on Thursday night. Steelers week. We'll get to them. Yeah, I'm just saying, enjoy the victory week while it's still a victory week. Hopefully, it's a prolonged victory week after Thursday. Two games in four days. We were victorious yesterday. Buffalo Bills came to town. And they left with an L. That is translates to a big W for us. God, that is just fantastic journalism on it's my part. It's fantastic when you see the two wildest fan bases in the NFL get together. Yeah. Buffalo, props to Buffalo Bills fans. They came in droves to downtown Cleveland. They took over the Clevelander. They took over somewhere else across the Lizard. But them in the Muni lot with our animals, it was a sight. Uh, it's a sight I didn't see. I, I cowered in fear. Two third world countries essentially coming together <laughs> in terms of our two fan bases. <laughs> in terms of thirsty fan bases that just need some sort of eternal glory. They're having a year, though. Six and two. Well, six and three now. Yeah. Best of luck to the Buffalo Bills. That's a, a fan base. I feel like it's us, the Bills, and the Lions. We have like a mutual bond, a triangular friendship in the misery we all share. Is that fair? That's fair. Is there anybody else that can I just be don't like, I don't like much about Michigan sports, so I can't really go. But I, I get what you're saying because we're the only two in the club, 0-16. Correct. We're in the we're in the club. They've had 
David Johnson, Barry Sanders couldn't win a Super Bowl. Neither could we, but whatever. We'll get there someday. So what was the pregame ritual for yourself, Kevin? Pregame ritual. Saturday night, went out, uh, had a few adult beverages, a few barley pops with the pals. (laughs) Nothing too wild. Sunday morning, woke up and walked over to the bar. Did not go to the game this weekend. Met up with some pals at the bar, and I completely forgot that Christmas Ale has been tapped and is back out. So we started right away with those. Now that'll sneak up on you. Sneaks up in here real quick. About halftime, you are starting to get a little scared for your own well-being. I was stressed out and pretty miserable the entire game. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's about sums it up. What did you do? What did I do? Pre-game ritual. Well, I guess for those of you that listened last week, we got an update on the rat. I suspected there was a rat based off of a couple of bananas that had bite marks in them. That upgrade, that threat level upgraded to confirmed rat when my roommate slash girlfriend, Kate, shout out Kate, found the rat when she went to throw something away and (laughs) she has not stopped screaming. It was actually one of the scariest things I've ever, I didn't see the actual rat, but I heard her screaming and I thought, oh my God. What did she find? What do I have to protect her from? And, oh. And then what happened? Uh, so then we hid in our bedroom, locked the doors, and immediately got a hotel. I did not have much say in that matter, but I got it. Man of the house, it's on me to book a hotel and send passive-aggressive agree- passive emails to our landlord asking them to deal with the rat situation as soon as possible. Well, yeah, does the landlord pay for that? Uh, we're about to find out. I'm thinking I'm just going to send him a bill for the extermination and or, or like comes out of rent. Yeah, take it out of rent. Don't give him the option. Ask for forgiveness, not for permission, whatever. Anywho, we ended up going to a hotel and had a really nice date night. Once once she got out of the house, she was back to normal levels of fear, I guess. Um, I had committed to doing a workout class before the game itself. Still went to that. Orange Theory with a good friend of mine. Shout out, Ian. Burned 650 calories. No big. No big deal. Yeah, part of the reason was, well, I mean, I could use dropping like 20 pounds. But I was also thinking if I change up the pregame ritual and it leads to a victory, that's beneficial for us, the Browns, our listeners. So we win. And now I'm thinking, okay, I do a workout class every day before the game playoff time comes around i'm jacked i'm living a healthier lifestyle and we just win every time i do that so props to me for helping turn around the franchise with my morning rituals so have we talked about this or really thought about this yet last year we had the rally possum at the jets game i was at that game so i take credit for that too nice is this year's Rally Possum the Raleigh's rat in your apartment? Uh, I, I don't know, because I'm hoping that we Because we won after you found that rat. Yes, we did win after the rat was found, but I am not resting until that thing and its families are dead or out of our apartment compl- complex. So I maybe I guess if they do like a catch and release, some other apartment, and it stays alive, I don't know, but uh, it gives me the shivers. I uh, will keep us updated. We need updates on that and the couch. Rat update, couch update. Let's talk about the game. Fortunately, 
I was walking to the bar during that six-play debacle. Which one? Oh, the the goal line stand. We were the first team in tw- – this is a real stat – first team in 26 years to run six plays from an opponent's two-yard line or closer on a single possession without scoring. Nah. Do you know how hard that is to do? You or I could run the ball in if given six tries. That's not true. They gave it to it's Chubb. It's probably true. I mean, every time they gave the ball to Chubb. I mean, the Bills have a great defense. And, I, I don't know, they ran hard on all those plays. They just got stuffed every time. They tried to feed the ball to Odell. That's how we got it to uh, six plays instead of three plays, is that there was a pass interference call on them. I, I don't know. I mean, it was a bummer that they didn't score, but the Bills' defense looked locked in during that stand. But you know what? We got to win. This reminds me of that. With the NFL, it's like this for any win. But in Fast and the Furious, when he goes, dude, I almost had you. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. Was that and then Vin the Diesel first one? And go, yeah. Vin Diesel turns around and goes, you almost had me. You never had me. You never had your car. He goes, it don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. We got out of here by the skin of our teeth, but we still got a dub. That that holds water, everything you just said. I like that. Absolutely. I know what I'm saying. So a couple other good things. Baker did not turn the ball over for the second game in a row. Boom. Big big bullet dodged there late in the fourth. That shovel pass that they ruled incomplete. Thank God. That, that- shovel pass towards the end of the game where I thought when they picked up and ran it back, I – Essentially walked out of the bar. <laughs> that was that was the lowest I've been for that five minutes when they were reviewing it. It got overturned, obviously, and it wasn't a recovered for touchdown. Uh, that was the lowest I've been in a very long time. That was the closest I've been to crying, even through the 0-16, that god-awful loss last. I mean, that was the most miserable I've been in a long time. My dad uh, called me after the game, probably an hour and a half after. He goes, I can't believe they won. Like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, I couldn't really either, but he said when he saw it, when he saw Buffalo take it to the house for a fumble six recovery, whatever you want to call it, he says he turned off the TV in anger and just went outside and started started raking leaves. Like, yeah, that's a pretty angry old school fan thing to do. And then my mom called him and said, we won, we won, I can't believe it. He said he was so happy, and the first thing he did was call me. An hour and a half after raking leaves angrily. Ten minutes into the first quarter, my dad texted my brother and I that uh, scene from a Charlie Brown episode where he's just laying flat on his back with a football, and Lucy's looking over him saying, Charlie Brown, they're going to name a football team after you someday. You're so bad. <laughs> and that shout out my man Charles Schultz for foreshadowing that because they did. But we got out of there with the win. It was one of those games where I – man – even until the final couple minutes of the game, I said, how are we going to screw this up? I'm just admitting it. It's not a knock to any of our guys, to Baker, to Odell, to anybody. It's just what I know. It's how I've been conditioned my entire life. I was like, this, this, something has to go wrong. As Stephen A. Smith always says when he makes fun of the Cowboys every single day, what will go wrong can go wrong. And will go wrong. Or what can go wrong will go wrong. Whatever. But... Hey, there's some other really good things we can talk about. Now that we got the win, we can forget about any depression we had. Hollywood is back. Oh, he is looking good. 
If there's one person on this team I would want to talk to and sit down with right now, it's Hollywood Higgins. You talk about, I mean, the I told you so. He's like, like he's the like, whole season. He's been like, why aren't you giving me the ball? Yesterday, his fourth catch of the year is the game-winning touchdown. God bless him. I, there's like six other guys I would probably want to talk to first, but I, I'd still want to talk I'm to him. right now at this moment. Oh, okay. That was great. And I don't care, and not just being a homer, his touchdown celebration is probably my favorite in the NFL. Yeah, it's got swag to it. When he, and when he got interviewed after on the field and said, I juked my defender and walked the red carpet, that's just <laughs> perfect. That is just absolutely beautiful. So that's another great thing. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, he looks like an animal. He, Him and Chubb in at the same time, those packages they were throwing out there, when Kareem is a lead blocker for Chubb is awesome. Kareem the two blocks back packages hard. they're putting out there is awesome. And uh, Kareem as a receiver out there too, that guy can catch. He is a talented. They are going to be just a matchup nightmare for the rest of the season for defensive coordinators. It's going to be great. Step Brothers. I made a Step Brothers meme about him. It was sick. I hope that becomes a nickname for both of them. Dale and Brennan. Jarvis caught nine of ten passes. Stud. I don't care about the taunting penalty he got. There's a lot of things I have been pissed off about this year. A lot of the media were trying to say, oh, shame on you. You don't have a right. Our record isn't good enough to be taunting. No. Taunting means they're still in it. They're still aggressive. They're still pissed off and trying to, to make this a season. I want Jarvis to taunt as much as he wants because he'll back it up. Yep. We want him individually can back up the shit he's talking about. We want guys that talk shit and have some swag, not whipped dogs looking for mercy. We want powerhouses that are cocky. And he anyway floats that bill or checks that off. I can't speak. Whatever. Yay, Jarvis. Keep talking. Antonio Callaway, healthy scratch because he was late to the game. All right, Freddie. Discipline. Let's go. Hell of a lot less penalty. We're not even the most penalized team in the NFL now, right? Somebody surpassed us. I don't cannot confirm or deny that, but come on. You're, this is what I just don't – I'm not going to go into a long rant about Antonio. We've done this plenty of times before. You're a pro athlete making millions of dollars, will be. Just you got to be there on time. That's like the one thing you have to do besides staying clean, which is also a whole other separate issue there. Episode two, up. we talked about us being his, like, yeah. make sure you do things right, guys. Yeah, we told uh, Megan Schobert, shout out Megan Schobert, Joe Schobert, my God, another uh, most underrated yeah, I hope they player on the team right now. Soon. Um, but, yeah, Antonio, anyone, just be on time. Hire us. How does we'll make so sure you're difficult. on time? Yeah, if you got a hard time waking up or whatever it is, just, just we're, I can't we're offer this anymore than I already have. Um, no, but speaking of Megan Schobert's husband uh, that plays linebacker for us, what a season he's having. Last week, people were try- are getting all down. He didn't have a great game. Who cares? He might be one of our most – I mean, him and Miles Garrett, those are our two most consistent players right there. Yeah, Joe is a cerebral – cerebral? I don't even know how to say it, ironically. He's a smart player is <laughs> the term. He's a damn good player, and he's been fun to watch, and he just keeps getting better every single week. So it was a victory. I'm going to keep saying that. It was When's the last time – sorry to interrupt. When was the last time the Cleveland Browns have been on the positive receiving end of a missed field goal that led to victory? I don't know. Like the with Paleozoic TVs, era? Were TVs invented yet? I can't, I can't remember it. Oh. I was thinking overtime, and then we're going to do something stupid like a turnover. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm trying to be beer half full as always, but that's just the Browns fan in me. It doesn't sound like you are. But – 
Thank God. I knew he was going to miss that field goal. I called it the whole time. Uh, I thought it was right down the middle when he hit it. I put my head down, and then it just – I, I think it was short, right? With this team. Uh, yeah. I'm just trying to ride the wave of positivity and hope it continues through Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, 72 hours from right now, they will be coming to town. Thursday night football. What are your thoughts? Dude, I cannot – Thursday night games are such a crapshoot. You essentially have two teams – that just got done playing a full game in the professional football league. Like I went to a the national football league. What, what did I say? Professional football league. Oh, whatever. Like a couple months ago, actually, it's probably like over a year ago at this point. I went to the rec to play some pickup basketball. I'm not ding up on people. I got a couple of rebounds, but I was sore for like two days afterwards. Could you imagine just getting hit by? gladiators every day every play and then oh yeah four days later you guys gotta suit up again and do it again like i I don't get it i hate thursday night football uh so i just can't get past that i feel bad for both teams having to do this all again without proper r&r time i mean i can barely ride an elevator without getting sore so i can only imagine what it's like being a pro football player that having to go back out in three days and do it again no thank you the only advantage with that is they had a later game on Sunday, which I'm thinking of any possible advantage we have right now. Four so less hours let's of just, yeah, preparation. Let's, let's go. Let's keep it a buck. Their defense is looking pretty legit. They came out dead animal this year. They started with, what, 0-4, whatever it was. Yep. They're, they're looking pretty good right now. Remember when we were making fun of them for the Minka Fitzpatrick trade? And he has been an absolute stud for them. <laughs> like, scary good for them. So, that they, they won that trade so far. It'll be interesting to see. You know, and I know that if we lose, Steelers fans would be like, oh, you know, you guys talked all that shit all year when we were losing and what now. And then if we win, it's going to be like, oh, you beat us without Ben. Try and beat us with Big Ben once in your life. Whatever. I would just want to beat Pittsburgh on Thursday night. Yeah, pray to whatever deities you pray to. Whatever vices gods, you need. Tom Cruise. Speaking of game, <laughs> uh, let's hear the game that was spit on the MuniLab payphone this week. As always, thanks to those who called in. A lot of good submissions about this past weekend's game against the Bills and the one coming up this Thursday night against Pittsburgh. Let's go. That was a fantastic uh, segue, Kevin. Thank you're, you. You're the best 50-50 co-host that's ever been. Hit the button. Leave a message. Leave a message. Let's go, bro! This is Jordan, one of the boys from the college game day. Extravaganza. I was able to make it up to Cleveland this past weekend for the win. Great win. Great team effort. Loved what I saw. Funny story. Hall of Fame safety, Ed Reed, was on my flight on the way home and did not have a picture with me. Just made me hate the Ravens even more than I already do. So, not complaining there. The Go Browns, big game Thursday night. Let's get it! So, uh, yesterday was my first game, Browns game, 
or actually NFL game ever. It was very exciting because we won. Everyone went crazy. And go Brownies. This next section of the podcast, we're going to jump into my interview with Dave from Steelers Depot. You can find him on Twitter at Steelers Depot. One of the biggest, if not the biggest Steelers blogs on the internet. He's been around doing this forever. He also co-hosts the Terrible Podcast. They put out three shows a week, 20 to 30 posts per day about the Steelers. This guy knows everything there is and more about that franchise and football team. He's going to give us a breakdown for this coming week, their season so far. Again, thanks for coming on, Dave. Let's jump into it. We now welcome on Dave from Steelers Depot, also co-host of the Terrible Podcast. Like I said before, we're always trying to bring on people from the other side of the aisle to give us some intelligent thought and conversation about our upcoming game, in this case, tomorrow night against the Steelers. Dave, how are we doing? Uh, Kevin, doing great. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. No, our pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Um, Really wanted us to hear a little bit about, you know, the season over there in Steelers Nation, Yinzerville. I would love to talk about this upcoming game on Thursday night, this long, lopsided rivalry if you know let me just start right there do you guys still consider this a rivalry in pittsburgh uh no not right now not until the browns obviously win <laughs> some i mean i mean i'm quite quite honest and you 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 know you're probably not going to talk to a more you know of, of objective uh you know someone who call follows the steeders here than 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 me but uh quite honestly look i mean uh and you won't disagree with me the browns have have had a long run of uh, not being successful here. So, uh, and especially when it comes to the Steelers and look, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, they should probably name that stadium over there uh, in his name, all the success he's had over there over the years. But uh, look, you know, things are obviously uh, you know, the expectations for the Browns going into this year. Uh, you know, several people had the Browns, you know, potentially making a playoff run and maybe even making it to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, they, they, you know, it looks like, at least it did initially, you know, the, the right decision with Baker Mayfield. And, you know, as we all know you're not going to be able to compete in this league unless you have a franchise quarterback and a pretty decent defense and you know so uh until until the browns start winning a few of them uh it's probably not going to be considered a rivalry but look i'm 51 years old so i remember back when this thing was actually you know when he when these two teams would split some series throughout the uh season there so uh uh we'll see what happens thursday night of course but you know once again until the browns start winning a few of these it's hard to kind of consider consider them you know the top foe in the afc north for the steelers when you know it's mostly been the ravens uh and the steelers for a while now and as hard as it hard as it is for me to say i have absolutely no rebuttal to that nothing i can do you're exactly right ben uh has come in every single time and pretty much taken care of business but before we jump into that because i have many questions on that you run and host steelers depot very, very large, not the largest Steelers blog I've ever seen from my research. Again, I'm not a, a Steelers fan, of course. You guys are, if not one, the source for Steelers news out there. You know, I see Joe Hayden, you know, retweeting you guys, interacting with you guys. A lot of players, a lot of, of big names in sports. So would love to hear a little bit more about, you know, your upbringing as a Steelers fan. You know, are you born and raised there, lifelong? And then how and when did you start writing? And then your podcast, the terrible podcast as well. 
Yeah, well, listen, I'm 50, like I said, I'm 51, so I was born in 1968. I was born in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, you know, only been to Pittsburgh once in my life. Uh, my dad was uh, a huge Miami Dolphins and Dallas Cowboys fan uh, in the early 70s. And at about four years old, I found uh, how fun it could be to agitate the old man by rooting against his teams. Uh, so, you know, the Steelers, my old man really you know, was not a fan of the Steelers because of, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, Steelers up and coming franchise at the time there. And it, you know, I sort of latched on to it, you know, I guess, you know, to, 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 to not only the Steelers, but boy, I can remember as a kid, I had to have, uh, anything, anything black and gold pirates. I, you know, had a huge baseball card collection with the pirates and all, and, uh, obviously followed the pirates in the box scores and the Steelers. And anytime you could get a Steelers game on, you know, just basically grew up a Steelers fan, uh, kind of, uh, as a result of my dad being a Cowboys and a, and, and a, and a Dolphins fan there. And it just kind of manifested, you know, over the years and always followed, you know, uh, any Pittsburgh team uh, from that point forward. And like I said, born and raised, uh, spent most of my life in, in, in Florida there. And I guess around, look, I've done a lot, I've worn a lot of hats in my life, done a lot of different things. And I fortunately got myself in a position where I could kind of slow down and retire, you know, at, at, you know, at, at an earlier age there. So at about, uh, I don't know, about 2008, look, you know, even when the internet came into prominence there in the nineties, I was, I was glued to the internet. I wanted to see how things work. I self-taught myself H. HTML started building, you know, like fantasy football websites for the leagues we were in and that, that kind of thing. So about 2008, I guess it was, uh, started more of a started Steelers Depot, but it was originally kind of like just an affiliate site because I'd learned a lot about, you know, people making money. Uh, off the internet through affiliate sites. So that's the way it started there. It was, it was only a place where you could buy merchandise from other vendors uh, through affiliate links and that sort of thing. Well, not too long after that, blogs really started to come uh, into existence there. Uh, and, you know, I, I learned a lot about that. And look, I even to this day, I've, you know, I've, I've owned Steeders Depot for what, 11, I guess 11 years now. Uh, I'm not a great writer. In fact, probably some of my uh, English teachers in high school are probably rolling over in their grave right now uh, <laughs> as, as much as I write right now. But like anything else, the more you do, the better you get. I surrounded myself with great people, bringing them on board to the site for the content and, and the site you know, slowly evolved. And, uh, now we do, I mean, look, we, we have news, we have breakdowns, you know, anything Steelers stats, I mean, anything Steelers imaginable. Uh, I kind of uh, consider myself the authority on, as far as Steelers salary cap, uh, stuff goes. So that helps being kind of, you know, an authority in the, uh, in that realm of it. And just, you know, like I said, surrounding myself with great guys. And now we're probably the single, you know, outside of, you know, major media sites, we're probably the single largest Steelers blog, uh, on the internet uh, about uh, I guess about 10 years ago around the same time podcasting started to get in vogue there so I thought I'd you know get my you know dip dip my toes into that water and you know here we are 10 years later and uh, uh, we do three shows a week of the terrible podcast we do two shows a week during the off off season <clears throat> where we cover of course off-season news and, and and draft breakdowns and uh, you know all that kind of stuff as well too. So it it it's become kind of a monster and you know needless to say I'm I'm retired. I, I do this full time now, but it's a it's a twenty hour a week or twenty hour a day job now. That's incredible how you guys built that up and really started experimenting in the early days with things like that. 
um, especially putting out 20 to 30 posts per day on Steelers Depot. I guess it's nice not now, maybe not so much this season, but you know, it's nice you can retire and then do this full time for a team that actually has success and is good. Uh, I can't imagine having to write full time and cover the Browns full time with what we've had the last many, many years or forever. So uh, yeah, must be nice. To, to have something like that to write about there. <laughs> but, well, you know, uh, you know what they tell you, you follow, you know, whatever you're passionate about doing it, do it to your best of your ability and you'll never work a day in your life. So, uh, uh, now look, uh, the early this season, it was kind of tough. They're writing about a team that was, uh, coming out of week five, one and four there, but, uh, things have slow, slowly kind of turned around a little bit and, uh, you know, good situation right now, but I, you know, I don't take for granted what I do, uh, right now. I love every day. I can't wait to get out of bed every day get to work and that's incredible and uh yeah i just i i, I don't know i'd be curious to see if you had to ever do that for an own 16 season <laughs> but i don't wish that even on the steelers fans that have to go through something like that so i, I sure you do you yeah you 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 would probably like to see an uh one in 15 oh and 16 team look i i'm 51 i don't know i don't know how much more time i have on on the third rock from the sun here but uh <laughs> uh i i hope i don't live that long to see that uh look eight and eight and people are crying over here you know Eight and eight, I'm getting a tattoo. <laughs> I hear you, brother. But hey, that's actually a good segue into the next thing I want to talk about. You know, you guys, we talk about all the history and all the uh, the rivalry or, or what is left of it. You guys had one of the most fascinating off seasons maybe ever in the NFL. When you think about Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, two of, if not the best, the best position players at running back and wide receiver in the NFL. Depart from the Steelers in the offseason, not going to get out of the reasons why. They could probably do – you guys have already done a 1,000 podcasts on that right there. So that being said, when you guys had some question marks, you had so many other good players on the roster, you know, Juju and a lot of others. What were your expectations coming into this year after the loss of them? Well, look, uh, losing the best wide receiver in the NFL uh, is, is, is definitely – tough to overcome but the writing was certainly on the wall there starting starting what uh, week 17 of uh, of last season when you know a antonio started pulling those antics so uh you know as things kind of uh, progressed along there it, it became real evident real quickly that he had played his last down in pittsburgh there then the question became what could what could kevin colbert get for uh, uh antonio and and you know uh, losing losing Le'Veon bell that was kind of a foregone cold conclusion once he didn't sign that second you know franchise tag and then of course set out uh set out the entire season uh another great player uh in in, in Le'Veon uh, Le'Veon Bell that look you you lose two great offensive players like that you do have concerns however you know, you thought still coming into this league, you still had you know, a, a developing Juju Smith-Schuster. You had some young, a young wide receiver in James Washington who had yet to turn the corner. He had a, a, a good tight end in Vance McDonald. You had uh, continuity remaining on the offensive line with, with a lot of you know great offensive linemen there. And then, oh yeah, you know, you still had Ben Roethlisberger. So the the the, the kind of thought was, all right, maybe this won't this won't be as as a pro prolific of an offense, you know, uh, as they would have with. Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, but I mean they'd already went through one full season without Le'Veon Bell, and they, you know, they uh, uh, obviously it didn't turn out last season the way they wanted it to, uh, but they still, you know, showed that they could move the football, and of course poor field position played a part in them having to throw a lot. That's why Ben had to put up the numbers uh, that he had to put up last season. But you know, once again, the common denominator going into this season was, hey. 
They have Ben Roethlisberger. And if you have a franchise quarterback in this league, you still feel confident that you can compete. Well, uh, that worm turned in that apple, you know, in, in, in week, you know, you get blown out by New England uh, in week one, and then Ben leaves halfway through game two with the elbow injury and, and is done for the year. And then, then you're looking, okay, well, what are we really, really dealing with here? And then that's obviously when the concerns uh, 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 ran rampant at the time. So I want to talk about coach and Ben right there. First thing about Mike Tomlin. So, the Browns go through more coaches in one season than the Steelers have in their entire franchise history. Tomlin is what, maybe the third or fourth head coach you guys have had in decades. Yeah. He's the third one in the Super Bowl era. You know, yep. uh, you had Chuck Noll, obviously then Bill Cower, and then now, now Mike Tomlin. So uh, uh, there's had, there's been a lot of stability and that's, that's the way the, you know, uh, the Roonies have always kind of uh, run things, you know, try, try to uh, go with the stability factor there. And, and, you know, you don't run a coach off after having, you know, uh, I mean, look at look at a few of the seasons that the, that that Bill Cower had in there. You know, they, they could have very easily run him off a couple of times, uh, and they didn't. And he ended up finally kicking the door down in 2005 season with 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 the Super Bowl there. So uh, continuity is big in Pittsburgh, especially when it comes to head coaching. And uh, look, we have people every week, almost on a play by play. Uh, instance some games on the Twitter machine calling for Mike Tomlin's head. But uh, if, if you follow this team long enough and you you're objective uh, and you're not, you know, you look at you look at the facts there. Mike Tomlin is still the right person for this job here in Pittsburgh. And that's a great segue again. Great job by you. And my next question, you know, when you guys started with 0-5 this season, which I don't remember ever seeing since I've been a fan of football, I'm 31. Did you guys ever – I know you just said he's still the guy. And, again, Mike Tomlin is one of my favorite coaches, right? I've said it on this podcast for our listeners many times. When I talk about coaches that I like, it's Belichick and Tomlin because they don't put up with the bullshit. If there's any nonsense in the locker room on the field, you're benched, you're cut, you're sitting. They just cut it out. They cut out all the noise, and we've never had that in Cleveland, which is a culture that I'm really hoping Dorsey and whoever's coaching us – this year, next year, whatever it is, continue to put out there. I think we're on our way, but not there anywhere close yet. So when you guys started out this season losing so many games in a row, and you know people have talked about Tomlin here and there, but he's always been the guy. Did that start to waver with you at all? Did you ever start questioning Tomlin the first month or two of this season? No, absolutely not. Now, look, was it disappointing to to go out and lose 33-3 to to the New England Patriots? Absolutely. I mean, uh, most people would have probably picked the Patriots to win that game anyway. But uh, the way they, they kind of lost, they had some drops in that game. They couldn't convert certain short short yard situations. Okay, you lost to New England. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Like I said, probably a lot of people were going to pick New England in that game anyway. And then you get into the second game. They're a game against the Seahawks. Let's face it. I mean, even losing Roethlisberger in the first half, you know, Mason Rudolph came in, came off the bench and did, you know, an, an okay job. And if not for maybe one real questionable uh, pass interference penalty later in that game, maybe they pull that game out. Well, they didn't. 
Okay, uh, you move on to the game against San Francisco, another game that they you know they lost by uh, just a few points. Now remember, you lost by two points to Seattle. Uh, you lost by four points to San Francisco. People probably forget that the, the Steelers had the lead later in that game uh, with a chance to kind of maybe put that one away. And James Conner fumbled away the football in the Steelers' own end, and the 49ers converted, and the Steelers couldn't couldn't overcome that. So kind of self-inflicted wounds there uh, by by the offense there going through growing pains with a new quarterback and all you turn around and you're 0 and 3 now at the time you didn't know maybe the kind of quality of the teams uh that you lost to but here we are now what week 11 of the season <laughs> uh look at the teams that the Steelers have lost to this year New England Seattle San Francisco yep. and the Baltimore Ravens all those guys all those teams uh combined have what like six losses or maybe maybe something like that five or six losses so you look and and, and you and and you look you know, back at the, the way you lost to the Ravens. You lost another quarterback about the third quarter to a concussion. You were in that game as well, too. And if you don't have Juju fumbled away, away the football uh, in, in overtime there, maybe, maybe they turn around and win that one. I know it's a lot of ifs there, but I think if you look at the t totality of those four losses, Consider the circumstances, you know, uh, of, of how they lost it. And look, if they would have lost to the Bengals in in Week Four, you know, this was an 0 and 3 damaged team, uh, psyche wise, on their second quarterback entering that fourth game against the Bengals. If they didn't go out and take care of business against the Bengals, it'd been interesting to see how this, how, you know, how things maybe would have turned out. Well, they got the job done against the Bengals uh, there. They unfortunately lost to the Ravens, but they lost Mason Rudolph in the process to a concussion. And then, oh, no, we got to go play out on the West Coast where Tomlin hasn't been great uh, throughout his career against what at the time you thought was a pretty good Chargers team with a quarterback that wasn't even on your 53-man roster you know, at, at, at the start of the season. Well, they, they put enough a good enough game plan together. The defense did what they were supposed to do. They came out of that win that, that game with a win and they, they they limped into the bye with a two and four record and you know, no, I guess that's a long answer to your question there, but you know, people were obviously calling for Tomlin's head at at, at you know when 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 you're uh, one and four after the Ravens game there. But you know, like I said, uh, I wasn't. Uh, I know uh, most of all of my staff wasn't there uh, at the time. It's just one of those things you got to work through. Heck, you're on a you're on a what's technically a first year quarterback in Mason Rudolph because uh, he he was inactive his whole whole rookie season there. You're just gonna have to be patient and go. Through the growing pains and I think one of the big turning points here was a bit surprising too was him trading for Mika Fitzpatrick and 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 giving up a first round draft pick in the process and I got to be honest with you and and look I I, I even wrote about it right from the shoot uh, from from the get-go there when when it was out there that that maybe Miami was going to trade Mika Fitzpatrick away I thought it was something the Steelers would look into however the Steelers have never not had a first-round draft pick, and 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 you know, uh, uh, in in the modern era here. So for them to trade away a first-round draft pick is just unheard of. I didn't think they would pull the trigger on that because of history saying that they wouldn't. It wasn't that I didn't like the player uh, because, of, you know, look, they had interest in Minka Fitzpatrick ahead of that draft a couple of years ago. They went to both Alabama pro days uh, down there, but, you know, he went too early in the draft to the Dolphins for the Steelers to trade up with him, and, and you figure, okay, he's gone. You know, they're not going to have a chance at him, but uh, even though the team was damaged at the time and on their second quarterback, Kevin Colbert pulled the trigger on that, gave away a first-round draft pick, and boy, look, look, look what they have in Minka Fitzpatrick. That defense has done 
a 180 uh, since uh, really you know the the the, uh, the the 49ers game and on, and now we're sitting here entering week 11 with probably a top five pass defense in the league, uh, a fragile offense, but a second half of the schedule that that presents a lot of winnable situations in it as well too. So you got to take your hat off and hand it to uh, <laughs> you know to to Mike Tomlin for keeping this team together here because they won four straight now, and I just think he's done an awesome job. And props to Kevin Colbert for going out and adding a piece and Mika Fitzpatrick. It's, you, you answered a question I was about to ask, so I appreciate that. Because uh, I, I remember when I was watching the Jets game, the Browns-Jets game, I remember seeing it pop up on the Twitter that you guys traded for Minka. And that was in the midst of you guys having that brutal start. And everyone's like, what the hell are the Steelers doing? Give it a first-round draft pick for Minka. But my God, is that guy worked out for you guys. Man, he's got a ball magnet in him or something. I don't know. Uh, the ball he's balling. All- Man, the ball always seems to find him. And here's here's a little look. I don't want to take anything away from Minka's play because he's been absolutely fantastic making some plays on the field uh, week in and week out right now. Heck, he had a pick six uh, down there, you know, close to the end zone against the Colts. Uh, obviously turned around and had another interception here against the uh, the Rams and a fumble recovery and ran it back for a touchdown here. But you're starting to see that, that, uh, that Steelers front really come together here and look and I kid people and I did earlier today on 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 the Twitter machine as well too people saying Blitzberg is back no Blitz- <laughs> and really that's that's fault faults because Blitzberg is not back because they're blitzing less than they have in previous years here now and it's so important when you have a defense that's able to win up front and get pressure on a quarterback uh, with four or three guys up front. If you're not having to blitz to kind of faux create that pressure, uh, it gives you, you know, you do the math there, it gives you one extra guy on the back end of the defense there. So, you know, you have, and look, Bud Dupree is surprising a lot of people right now uh, here because this is a guy they picked up their fifth, his fifth-year option ahead uh, of the draft a couple years ago. A lot of people questioned that decision. You fast forward to this year, which is his fifth-year option now, making over $9 million. He just hadn't produced or played like a a former first-round draft pick uh, in previous times. So there were a lot of people who were questioning that decision. Boy, he looks like a totally different Bud Dupree right now. We see him winning with power. We see him winning with counters, just stuff that we just did not see during his first, first four seasons uh, in the NFL with the Steelers. Well, then you add on to that Cameron Hayward's Cameron Hayward. Uh, he just entered the 50 sack club uh, this past uh, this past week against the Chargers. Uh, TJ Watt, boy, I mean, you got you got to take your hat off to him. He's got to be yep. a top you know, top 10, uh, easily a top 10 edge rusher in, in the league right now. And once Absolutely. again, once again, when you're able to get pressure on the opposing quarterback with, uh, with, and doing so consistently with just four and three guys, it makes it a world of difference on the back end. Joe Hayden's playing good. Uh, again, he had a very soft, probably the best game he's had since he was a Brown, uh, against the Rams the other day. And, you know, it's all, you got a uh, young player in Devin Bush this year's first round draft pick. Uh, getting his legs uh, uh, underneath him week in and week out. And yeah, they even lost Stefan to it. You know, who's having a monster season, uh, lost him to, to an, uh, to a uh, uh, triceps or biceps injury a couple games ago against the chargers there. They're still balling out. So uh, uh, while I don't, like I said, I don't want to take anything away from Minka because he's made a lot of great plays here. Uh, I think it's just him, his addition and this, this overall defense playing in concert uh, with one another. That's really made the huge, difference here on the defensive side of football so you guys have won four straight 
you guys you're talking about your defense you guys had a hell of a game against the rams on sunday afternoon defense was spectacular so now we come into a short week for both teams browns and steelers we are on four days yep four days of rest before we're going to this game thursday night in cleveland this is a, a unique situation here i i'm trying to you know glass has full for us browns fans you know for so many years 99 percent of the time it's been the steelers and ben dominating or at least at the top of the the north um you know definitely playoff bound but this year you know both teams are well the browns stink and they usually do but the steelers you know falter to start they're climbing back up right now they're fighting for that wild card spot we'll see what happens here but still both teams are in a very unique situation we never found ourselves in before um at least for us you know we had some hope coming into the season we have probably the first quarterback i've ever had in my life under center uh you know we have some studs on offense you know odell jarvis chubb we have kareem now you know you guys have your defense that's starting to come back up here what are we thinking about coming into thursday night's game first of all it is a short week and uh, that 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 in my opinion even though both both teams have to go through it i think it favors the browns a little bit here especially with it being uh in cleveland uh on, on top of it. so you know, and i don't know what the weather is supposed to be like I, I suppose it's supposed to be pretty chilly up there uh thursday night uh, that'll be kind of a unique situation maybe for mason rudolph to have to go through as well too uh here's kind of what this thing you know, boils down to uh, when you look at the Cleveland Browns offense, look, we know all about Chris Hubbard there at right tackle. I mean, he played some uh, very good games and 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 served the Steelers well during his time, time in Pittsburgh. However, comma, he's probably not one of the top 10 right tackles in the league. Might not even be top 15 right tackles in the league. You look at uh, Robinson on the other side, uh, probably the same thing there. I think their interior is, is obviously a little bit better there. But... Uh, uh, you look at Nick Chubb, obviously one of the a top running back in the league now, uh, especially yards after contact. That guy is as impressed. I remember watching him uh, at, at Georgia and all uh, as well. You have to stop the run first in this game if you're the Steelers defense. If you cannot stop Nick Chubb uh, early in this game and and let the let the Browns offense run out of you know, ahead of the chains in third and three or third and four situations right there. It's going to make for, you know, long afternoon because I think what you're going to see in this game, because the Steelers pass rush has been so good, their defense has been so good. I think it'd be, and look, we saw what happened to the to the Browns against the 49ers, another good defense early, you know, a couple of games ago there. Baker's got to get that football out of his hands a lot, a lot quicker in this game. Yep. Uh, if, if he can do that and if the Browns can stay on schedule, you know, they might be able to move the football on this Steelers defense on a short week. Uh, it's also imperative that they don't settle for threes in the red zone. Uh, they're going to have to get sevens anytime they, they get inside to those those short fields there. But uh, uh, if, however, the Steelers could get Baker Mayfield in a lot of third and seven, third and six or long situations where they can pin their ears and get back, get after him there. Well, that obviously does not bode well for the, for the, for the Browns offensive line going against the likes of Dupree and Watt and Hayward and Hargrave and those guys uh, up, up front there. So I think when you look at the Browns offensively, that's got to be the key for them. Can they establish the run uh, with, with Nick Chubb and look, the Steelers defense say what you will about them this year. They've been great. If there's been, if they've been, uh, uh, had problems at, at, at any point throughout this year. It's at times given up, uh, you know, 
nine yard run here, nine nine yard run there, you know, twenty yard run here. So that that's number one. If they can shut down the run, then they can get after Baker Baker Mayfield and maybe cause some chaos and get something to happen there. You flip it over to the other side there. Uh, you know, Miles Garrett. Well, I mean, what what else needs to be said about Miles Garrett? You know, top uh, top edge in the league here. Uh, I thought the last time Miles Garrett went against Alejandro Villanueva, uh, if you break down the snaps one by one, when 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 they went against each other, I thought Villanueva did a good job of keeping Miles Garrett uh, at, at at bay there. Uh, however, uh, you know, not all the time did he go against uh, him. You had o, o, you know Larry Ogachobi or whatever you know his last name is there. I had a <laughs> Uh, had a pretty decent game in that. He's a force up there. Uh, they've got some young secondary over over there on outside at the corners. That Joe Schrobert, he's a tackling machine. Yeah. Uh, when when you look at him on tape, uh, you know. So you got to make sure you get uh, somebody out to the second level uh, on him. Uh, as good as maybe the Browns have run the football this year, the Steelers have not been able to find their legs in the running game uh, this year. And James Conner has missed the last couple of games. Uh, that is hurt. It looks like they're going to have James Conner back for this game against the Browns. And they're going to have uh, Ramon Foster back at left guard after he missed the last two games with a concussion as well, too. Uh, but that doesn't guarantee anything because they're not going to have fullback Rosie Nix uh, for this game. Uh, he's still battling a knee injury back. That could be a, something big in this game, too. But if the Steelers cannot find a way to start establishing that run and not just, you know, not just look, it's one thing to have maybe a 20 yard run uh, you know, here and there. But if you're if you're not having what I like to deem successful runs on 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 your other ones, you know, if you're not gaining at least four yards on first down, if you're not gaining at least sixty percent of the yards needed on second down uh, when you run, those are unsuccessful runs, and the Steelers have had their share of them uh, uh, this year. So I think you know, in 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 a short week situation here with an offense that's you know, look, the the best adjective to to describe the Steelers' offense right now is fragile and. We're going to continue to use that for the rest of the season because that's what it is. Also, we saw the uh, Steelers wide receivers drop uh, in tight ends, drop about four or five balls in this last game against the Rams. That would have made Mason Rudolph's numbers look a lot better than than what they were, and that might have been Mason's best game uh, you know, as a starter this year, even surrounding those drops there. So these wide receivers have got to stop, stop dropping footballs when they do throw, and the Steelers have got to find a way to start establishing what it, to, to date has been a very dismal running game. Uh, if the Steelers can establish the run, get in those, sh goes, those shorter third down situations, it really opens up the offense a lot more to them, and another bugaboo this team has had, uh, I guess kind of similar to what the Browns have gone through this year, is, is just red zone, red zone efficiency uh, down there. They've got to do a better job of, of, of scoring once they get down in the red zone there uh, and and not settle for threes. So, you know, obviously you can point to the, the obvious things in this thing like turnovers and explosive plays and all, but I think when you get into the nuts and bolts of what each team has to do, I think that that's, that's the way I see it. Browns were the first team in 27 years to run six or more plays from the two-yard line or closer and not score <laughs> on Sunday. That was, very Brown, is, that was very Browns-like. <laughs> it's as Browns as it gets. Also, tip out there for anyone who has a podcast or is starting one or thinking about starting one, get a guest like Dave to come on who answers all of your questions before you even ask them. <laughs> this has been absolutely outstanding. So I was going to ask, uh, you answered my, my Minka, you answered my uh, Tomlin questions, you answered my my keys to, to defense and offense on your end. So 
No, this has been outstanding. And to our listeners, this is why Rowley and I bring people like Dave on who know 4,000 times more about football than we do, especially about the opposing team. Um, one more thing I want to ask you, Dave, before we let you get back to your normal life here. Um, something that, you know, we, we read about and hear about and, you know, the Ben Roethlisberger, our kryptonite, for years and years and years. You know, the past couple of years, you hear people chirping and talking about, ah, he might be talking about retiring. You know, he's got his ring. Um, a ring, excuse me. Um, rings. Rings. Yeah, that's plural. <laughs> I, I corrected myself. I corrected myself. Uh, just just joshing you. Go no, ahead. I know. I know. But with this injury this year and this surgery, he came right out and said, I'm coming back next year. Is this the beginning of the end for Ben? Is he getting too old? Is he getting too injury prone? What do you guys think that know the Steelers better than us? Well, here's the thing. You know, he signed that extension just just during the offseason there, okay? And that, and that takes him through the 2021 season. Uh, there, obviously, this is the first year of it, and, and it was lost to injury there. Uh, he, assuming everything goes goes on course with the elbow rehab and all, and there's no signs to say uh, that it won't, he's going to be the starting quarterback you know, of the Steelers next season. Uh, people saying, oh, well, if, if Mason does this, Mason does that, they should look to trade away uh, uh, Roethlisberger. Look, they, uh, the only way I, uh, outside of rolling my eyes, the only way I can really answer that is, look, uh, Roethlisberger has like a 12, 12 and a half million dollar roster bonus that's due in March at the start of the new league, league year, okay? If you don't trade him by then, uh, you're not getting rid of them because just from a caps pr perspective alone, not, you know, you're already going to have enough dead money as it is with a signing bonus and all. Uh, you would have even more if you waited after you gave them the signing bonus in March. On top of it, it just it doesn't make sense uh, to to deal deal away Roethlisberger during the offseason or to cut Roethlisberger outright, regardless of how Mason Rudolph does uh, this year. Look, this is Mason Rudolph's second year in the league. He's on mm -hmm. a he's on a rookie contract. Okay. You have time uh, right now, and what better than to have a experienced backup quarterback uh, behind Roethlisberger moving on into what probably could be his final two years? Ben's obviously going to play this by year. He 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 said he honors his contracts, and there's no reason to think uh, that he won't. That whole uh, maybe retiring thing a few years ago. Look, Todd Haley was the offensive coordinator at the time. Ben and Todd just never. You know, never saw eye to eye almost right from the get go. You could kind of see this thing snowballing. Randy Feetner, who is the uh, offensive coordinator now, uh, him and Ben have always had a great relationship together. It was it was kind of, uh, in my opinion, Ben never really even considered retirement. It was just something uh, to say to kind of, I, I don't know, kind of scare the Steelers, if you will. Heck, it, it scared them enough that they drafted Josh Dobbs one year and turned around next year and drafted uh, Mason Rudolph. So I guess mm -hmm. uh, if, if anything, we can thank Ben for uh, forcing them to, to get a couple of quarterbacks back in the fold there. Well, they've since traded Joshua Dobbs away, uh, obviously, since then. And now Mason Rudolph is their guy, uh, which you know, is he the heir apparent to, 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 to Ben? It's still early to tell. People want me to say, hey, you know, they, they want me to make a hard decision after just a handful of games with Mason. Is he the franchise quarterback? You'd be silly to try to answer that question right now uh, with, with just these few starts. The, the thing that we're looking at right now in Mason is let's use regardless how the season goes 
Let's use the rest of it to to give him a fair evaluation, not just look at one game or two games and say, oh, no, he's not a franchise guy. If we get at the end of the season, you know, we should have a, a, a larger selection of tape on him and can make a more educated decision on him. But back to Ben here, I fully expect Ben to play uh, next year. Now, when you get obviously when you get into what would 2021 would be the final year of his contract, then you might have then the organization might have to look at things and say, well, Ben, you know, based entirely on how Ben's 2020 season goes and say, what, what are we going to do here? But even so, it's still hard to imagine, even if Ben has a rough 2020 campaign of them, you know, parting ways with him in, 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 in any manner whatsoever. I do, however, think, though, that when you get when assuming Ben does play out his contract through 2021, you know, that look, father time's undefeated, right? You know, uh, yep. at, at some except for LeBron point, James. Yeah. And maybe Tom Brady. But uh, uh, if, if you know, his contract would be up after 2021, you know, quarterbacks. Regardless, they, they deserve to be paid. You could see 2021 potentially being Roethlisberger's last year uh, with the Steelers and maybe in the in the, in the NFL as you know uh, as well. But even then, you know, that's so far out. I don't want to draw any lines in the sand or say anything that'll get me hung by my tongue later on. <laughs> no, you know, as, as we think about you know the back half of his career here. You know, I started to get a little more excited. Maybe this is the Browns' chance. You know, we have Baker coming in, whose remains to be seen. He's still on the up and up coming up. And then, of course, you know, the Ravens now have a cheat code at quarterback. So it's just, uh, it's pretty much as, as, as Browns' luck as it gets. So we'll see what happens well, there. Well, here's the thing. Look, uh, you, uh, I, I, I question Lamar Jackson, and and he's been absolutely, he's he's made me eat, you know, a few of my words so far. But what happens when he takes that first hit? You know, yep. uh, that that's what I want to see. What happens after, you know, this is just as what his second year in the league. Mm -hmm. uh, let, let's see what happens once uh, the Steelers did a great job against him defensively. They're the only team really that have done anything against Lamar Jackson so far this season. It'll be interesting if that week 17 game between these two teams ends up mattering here between the Ravens and Steelers. But that's obviously later down the road. What's going to, you know, it's hard to judge quarterbacks in the NFL until you get them until about that third, third, third season or so. Look at look at golf yep. this year. Golf's probably not playing as good as he did uh, last season. Uh, look at Baker hit 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 the ground running, and he's you know defenses are 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 starting to finally maybe adjust and catch on to him a little bit. Uh, really, with this being Lamar's first real season in the NFL, let's kind of hold off crowning him yet. You know, until we see a few more games underneath him, because make no mistake about it, he is he is he is doing well with his arm, but his threat as a runner makes him even that much more hard to defend against. There, so I'm not going to say that Lamar Jackson is the end all do all, or not going to say that he's not the end all do all there. But I, I want to see a larger selection, just like I'm waiting to see a little bit more larger selection on Baker Mayfield as well too. And then the Bengals, the Bengals are the Bengals. <laughs> we can say, yeah, that's a whole other conversation right there. Two more quick ones, and I, then I this time I will let you get back to your your life outside of this podcast. Uh, as you can see, I love to talk. So no, and this has been fantastic. And again, I know there's gonna be a lot a lot of Steelers fans listening to this as well. So welcome to them here too. Uh, Ryan Shazier, big big, very much loved in the state of Ohio, of course. Um, even though he plays for the Steelers, 
Just want to know, he was in, you know, a lot of the news, you know, last season, probably a few times this year. What's the latest on him? I haven't seen anything about him lately. Is there anything on him lately? Yeah, not 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 anything really earth shattering to 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 report on him. Uh, they 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 uh, his contract told uh, during the off season because of being on on put on pup reserve. You know, last season uh, he was put on pup reserve early this season, uh, uh, which which ended of course kind of ended his season there. Uh, I'm not, that's a delicate thing to kind of talk about there because you don't want to. Uh, the guy has made tremendous progress. Let, let, let's, start, let's start there. I mean, for, for him to be doing the things that he's able to do now is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the question becomes here pretty soon now after missing two full seasons and and a little bit of of you know the season when he was initially hurt there uh will he it, it, you know has he made enough progress to resume his football career uh starting you know next off season there uh, i i per and i'm not a doctor i'm not going to pretend to be one i don't think he has uh to this point i don't know how much how much more improvement he can or will make, uh, you know. So it's it's kind of a delicate topic right now when you get to someone in their livelihood. Look, I want whatever's best for Ryan. You know, mm -hmm. if Ryan, if he wants to continue to work on this thing and try to get back. But on the flip side, how many times have we seen players miss two plus years, you know, uh, and, and come back, especially you know, to 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 such a delicate spot, you know, injury such as as a spinal injury as he had. So really not much to talk about as far as maybe giant steps forward in 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 what you know his recovery and all look he's he's active uh, with the Steelers uh, uh, throughout practices and and kind of coaching up the young players and on the sideline and 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 giving his knowledge and trying to help coach up up that way though. But as of right now, uh, there's no sign that he'll be able to return next year. However, miracles happen, man. So, uh, yep. you know, once again, I don't want, I don't want to put a fun, fun finality out there and tell you, yeah, I think, you know, Kevin, I, I think his, I think his NFL career is over. All I can tell you is that probably since, you know, uh, last this past off season, you know, with, with the wedding and the dancing at the wedding and a few things, you know, the other milestones that he's been able to do and all, uh, there hasn't been much to talk about as far as progress from an overall, I guess, health and athletic uh, standpoint there. So just keep your fingers crossed on, you know, when, when it comes to him and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. And boy, he sure was a good football player uh, when, when he played there and you hate to see anybody have their career interrupted or uh, possibly in uh, due to the kind of injury that he suffered. No, absolutely. No. And I appreciate that. And I, again, I, I asked that question as a fan of Ryan Chazier. You know, a lot of people in Cleveland across Ohio, you know, he was one of my all-time favorite Ohio State players. You know, he has a ton of fans on, on this side of the aisle. So I think everyone's certainly rooting for the, for the best of him there, for the best for him there. Um, last one, real simple, predictions. Yeah, this, night. this is a tough one, Kevin. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, you're dealing with a fragile Steelers offense here. However, you're dealing with a, uh, a defense that's really playing lights out right now. Uh, you're dealing with a Browns team coming off of a big win, a Browns team that, that can run the football. Uh, th th this is a tough one to handicap. And, and you know, it, it, I, I'm not overly shocked that the Browns opened up at about, a, 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 I think, at a three points originally their favorite because they are at home on a short week there. Uh, I, I expect this game to probably 
probably go off at about two points. Browns favored by by two there. Uh, who's going to get that key turnover there? Who's going to you know exactly that that's that might this thing could come down to maybe a team turning the football over late and another team kicking a field goal here. I think I think the unders in play here. I just don't see both these teams scoring a lot of points against each other. Look, I picked against the Steelers on my you know uh, on my own show here uh, and on the site last week because I was scared because can the Steelers score enough points uh, against what you know is, is you would think would be a pretty good Rams uh, offense there. Uh, they got past it. Uh, Mason Rudolph took a baby step forward there. Uh, I'm going to call this a one-point Steelers win uh, here. I think maybe they win it late with with a field goal or field goal, and I think the Browns uh, have a funny funny score. Maybe they have to go for two, or, or they get a safety in here or something. I'm going to call this one Steelers 19, Browns 18. Losing to a Steelers team with a second-year quarterback at home with Big Ben on the sidelines, who, by the way, said today he's very jealous of his teammates who get to play the Browns on Thursday. So, yeah, that's that, – I get that. Uh, yeah, that would be the most Browns thing in the world to lose by one point. Um, I'm going to well, say look, – Look, the Browns can easily – I mean, look, I won't be surprised if the Browns win this one either. But, uh, you know, once again, I think they're going to have to run the football in there. I think they're going to have to get a turnover or something and cash in. I don't think either team is going to run away uh, from, from, from the other one in this game no. either here. But, look, this – I technically, because the Steelers won this past week and beat the Rams team, even though, you know, divisional games are key and you want to win them and, and it, it would really be – it really hurt the Steelers' you know, potential uh, – uh, division chances should they lose this game i think this game is more of a must win for the browns than it is the steelers even though you know the steelers obviously need to kind of win this game here so i think the look the brown season is i think we both agree the brown season's over if they don't win this game uh personally uh thousand percent one thousand percent so i think there's a lot the steelers season's not technically over if they lose to the browns on the road as long as uh, you know a couple of weeks from now they turn around and 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 take care of cleveland back in pittsburgh and of course win the win the win the middle game there against the Bengals, which they should there so uh to me uh, a lot of things do favor the browns in this game but I, i'll take the steelers by one here what you got ah <sighs> so a couple things here a few things here one uh I'm encouraged by Kareem getting the one game under his belt. And they put some really interesting packages out there against Buffalo the other day uh, with him and Chubb out there. Chubb and Kareem, you know, blocking for one another is very interesting. Or, or Kareem out there is a receiver, which takes another receiver off the field. So interesting there. Um, Baker finally started going for the deep ball with Odell. Didn't connect yet, but we're starting to go for it. Uh, Baker hasn't turned the game over now or turned the game over, turned the ball over for two straight games. That's an improvement. Um, I guess he's going either way. I agree with you that it's definitely going to be nowhere near any kind of runaway for either team. Uh, I should just being like a 17, 14, uh, score game. Uh, I'm 60 to 70%, uh, sure that that is going to be the Browns with the 17 points. Uh, but I could see this going very much either way. The only reason I'm even a little bit confident right now because of our history with this with this goddamn franchise coming into our stadium every single year uh, is the, the energy in the locker room and this being a must win for us. Um, this is really going to be – it's time to, to put up or shut up. You know, we want to talk – we see, you know, Baker, Odell, Juice. You know, they talk about how you know much they want to win and, and how much they're focused on, you know, this game and winning. This is going to be where it's time to shine. So for that, I'm going to say, you know, Browns 17, Steelers 14. But, hey, this could be uh, 51 to 3 Steelers too. Who knows? 
Yeah, you better tell uh, uh, Baker was telling that crowd to get loud. He better tell them to not sell their tickets to the students' fans. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that, that's happened before, though. But, um, no, Dave, this was fantastic. I, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, anyone who doesn't yet follow Dave, especially on the Pittsburgh side of things, that's at Steelers Depot on Twitter. Uh, Dave and Alex Kazora host the Terrible Podcast. You can find that on all platforms. Three shows a week, which I can't imagine, so God bless to you for that. They put out a ton of content on their Twitter. Again, that's Steelers Depot. Dave, thanks a lot. Best of luck on Thursday, and uh, we'll be talking before then and after that, I'm sure. Should be a great game, Kevin, and I look forward to being on your show again. Holler at me anytime, and best of luck to you and the Browns the rest of the season after Thursday night. Hey, likewise, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. My pleasure. I got to say one thing, though. As excited as I am, and, and not to be to rain on this parade at all, I still don't want Freddie as our coach. <sighs> Shout out Greg Robinson for jumping offside yesterday and forcing us to take that field goal because I think we lose the game without that. Yeah, I think they would have gone for it, and I don't know. Either way, a win is a win is a win. No, I'm just well, – yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. He, he unintentionally saved us. I don't want people to us. think that I'm, I'm off the – I don't want Freddie's my coach train because of this win. I'm still driving that train. I, I think if they – if they run the tables and go undefeated the rest of this, let's have the talk. I mean, he started reeling it back on the penalties, man. That's huge. We'll see what happens. I, I do. I, I will say I do like the mentality that was all over the players' Instagrams and Twitter today. They're saying it's the playoffs already. They said 1-0 and after yesterday. That's the mentality they have. Whatever if other people, other teams and, and analysts say that's lame, whatever. Whatever it's going to take for these guys to get pumped up, they still have a lot of juice in them. They still give a damn, which is great to see. So we've got to carry that into this Thursday night. We have a real quick turnaround, but we're at home again. People are going to be pumped. Rivalry game. Place is going to be rocking. Hopefully it's not 40 below zero, but that's Cleveland weather regardless. Predictions. Predictions of what? Thursday night. Uh, Thursday night. I don't want to do predictions. I can't remember if that leads us losing or winning if I predict. I know it's directly related to how I predict, and I, I can't remember if – like going into the last game, I talked to my boss. We were cautiously optimistic. We were feeling cautiously dangerous, and that led to a victory alongside the whole working out thing. So cautiously optimistic, and I'm going to try to work out uh, Thursday morning. All right, I'm not asking that question ever again. <laughs> I mean, I'm only uh, one it was man. A Thirty minute answer. Just to, uh, you could have just been like, uh, Browns twenty one, Pittsburgh seventeen. Okay, well, last time we did that against the Ravens, uh, we All actually right. won that. So we're game. not going to predict then. One, okay. one, one, one week at a time, one game at a time. Thursday will be here before we know it. Are we going to drink a bunch of Christmas ales again? Oh hell yeah! All right, does the wild Pope shit in the woods, son? If you're listening to this, it is Wednesday. It's the day before. Get your rest tonight. Get your get your work done. Get your homework done. Get your whatever the hell you got going on. Your chores done. Get a babysitter if you need to. Take Friday off. We go hard tomorrow night for this big Pittsburgh Steelers game. Do a bunch of good deeds between then and now. Walk that old lady across the street. Smile at that random stranger. Wow, I don't think I've ever said that in my life. Tell your friends and family and loved ones to subscribe to the Dogs of War podcast on all platforms. Nice plug, me. That was great. Yeah, I, was, I thought you were going to say, like, tell them that you, you, you care about them and they mean something to you. But no, do the uh, podcast thing first. 
But other than that, that does it for episode 15, unless you got anything, final words to say. Nah, I think I've rambled enough. Indeed you have. <laughs> That's all for now. Good night, Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, please.